0: Is PayPal stock an easy double from here? The stock is up around 11% after they reported their second quarter 2022 results, and partly because there was low expectations about inflation fears, inflation pain. I've called this out previously, which is that as you have inflation with items like food, energy, shelter, folks have less money to spend on let's say everything else and paypal's wallet share of all those items that are quarter inflation is generally lower than let's say e-commerce and so they had been feeling the pinch especially hard and so the question was like well how bad would it be and this quarter results reflected that they continued to post up Very reasonable growth figures where you saw a total payment volume of 9%. After you adjust for the strong US dollars closer to 13%, their net revenue, which is effectively tied to their payment volume up 9%. So this is still very strong, very reasonable, still taking market share. There were three big developments here that I like to see. One is the new CFO making sure, Hey, this ship is going to get steered in the right direction. Hopefully, you know, that is an important, that is a very important role to fill with the CFO role. Also the $15 billion share repurchase that's management saying, yeah, we think the stock is cheap. It's time to make a big bet on the stock. You know, that's a couple of years of their free cash flow looking to effectively up their buyback. Now, you know, curious to see how quickly they actually deploy that. How much debt do they potentially use to do that if they're looking to do it quickly? They also talked about entering into an information sharing agreement with Elliot. This is actually potentially really important. It does have an impact on the stock and how investors can think about the valuation. I personally, Am raising how much I think about what the upside potential can be, because when you have an outside investor, even if they're not a controlling investor, but if you have an outside investor that will potentially write, let's say, nasty grams and make it very public, you know, writing letters saying, "Hey, you know, Dan Schulman or the board, you guys are doing a piss poor job. You're missing expectations." If you, if that sort of is over your head, like um, sort of Damocles, is that it? If you have that over your head you're going to make sure like, oh, I'm going to do everything I can to execute. And so I like having that sort of pressure where they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to work with this investment firm to make sure things are right. And so the reason why that gets to a slightly higher valuation, I'll show more of the details a bit later, is because then you start thinking, okay, they are going to be a little bit more ruthless on their cost structure. Let me talk a little bit more about that aspect in just a second. And so looking at one of the core value drivers of what, you know, effectively makes PayPal a very strong business is their number of active accounts. And you see that their number of active accounts, while it was flat quarter over quarter, 429 million, 429 million in the second quarter of 2022, it was still up year over year and critically even quarter over quarter, the number of transactions per account are still going up. And this is the reason why this is so important is as people continue to transact using their various different PayPal digital wallets. This means that merchants need to continue offering PayPal as one of the payment solutions. So this means as long as consumers love it, merchants are going to be forced to effectively say, hey, we need to accept their solutions. That is an important aspect. But I did talk about in greater length, I haven't really covered it here. There's some nuances around their profit profile and their margins. And you can see that over time, let's say since the first quarter 2020 through the second quarter 2022, their profit margin first quarter 20 was impacted by, by COVID. So really better to look at the second quarter 20. You could see that their operating margins have been declining significantly over time. It may not look like it, because there's a you know effectively a, a crime chart going on over here but dropping from 18% to 11% is quite sizable 28% to 19%. It sort of looks flatter than it actually is. That is a big drop in core profitability, this operating margin. And once again, I talk about that more in my letter talking about the PayPal, you know, wallet versus the BrainTree services that PayPal provides and saying, "Hey, this is a structural challenge that they're facing." Now, you might say, "Well, wait a second, Daniel." their free cash flow is up 22%. So why am I so worried about the structurally declining margins that I was just talking about here? You know, if, hey, you know, if, if PayPal has better margins than Braintree and, you know, they they've losing, you know, effectively their PayPal business because, you know, eBay switched to Adeon and Braintree is the one that's picking up the share, you know, like and this is structurally low margins. Is that, you know, such a big deal when free cash flow is up? Free cash flow is up 20% this most recent quarter to 1.3 billion dollars. Well, hold on a second. Like, let's actually look at what's going on with free cash flow. This is the reason why you always have to do the work. Um, you know, versus just it's it's trust but verify. If management says, Oh, yeah, our free cash flow is looking great, you know, it's up, you know, it's up 20% this quarter, it's like, well, wait a second, let me let me see what's actually going on here a bit. Because when you look at it and if you remove working capital, and the working capital changes on a like-for-like basis. So last year versus you know, last year for the versus this year, and remove any sort of hindrance or benefit from working capital and their free cash flow or their operating cash flow was actually down 28% year over year. And then when you look at it on the six-month basis, you actually see that once again. They were down year over year, and this is actually operating cash flow without even looking at the changes in working capital. Once you once you exclude the changes in working capital, it's similarly down something like 25%. But their core free cash flow is declining year over year. I mean, that's what you're seeing uh, with with sort of the crux of the business. And that gets back to my point of like, this is concerning to see that their core operating profile, their core operating margins, have been heading significantly in the wrong direction, partly because of these structural challenges that I called out in my investment letter to Unraveled Investing subscribers. Now, this is why management, Dan Schulman, quickly was like, oh, yeah, 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 we appreciate the partnership with Elliott Investment Management. We're both looking to maximize shareholder value. And oh, oh, by the way, yeah, we're announcing this $900 million of cost savings in 2022, i.e. gonna be firing a bunch of people. Um, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. 1.3 billion that we're going to be saving next year. So like, yeah, it's going to be even better. Um, even bigger cuts and yeah, we're going to announce this mega share buyback. So that way, you know, don't worry, Elliot, we've got this covered We're, you know, you don't have to worry about writing some nasty letter and trying to kick me out of my job. Like, Oh, we're go- We're going to do what it takes. Don't worry. And my, this sort of seems like a reactionary approach. It's like, wait a second, this has been going on for some time. Like let's actually try to figure out these margins and try to improve them or at least call it out. Um, so let's go back to that question of, is this an easy double from here First, if you're struggling with this investment environment, consider unrivaledinvesting.com for new ideas and a community of like-minded investors. Also, in full disclosure, this is not financial advice. And so looking at it once again, structurally, you can see it a lot of different ways. Their core transaction margin is heading steadily lower over time. And you can see that quarter after quarter after quarter. Here's June 2021 versus June 2022 heading lower. Their core profitability. Once again, that's why management announced this $900 million in savings. Now I do like to see this sort of language saying, Hey, it will result in operating margin expansion next year. So they're sort of hoping to reverse sort of this, the perpetual parade down heading lower saying, yeah, that's going to head actually, it's going to reverse course next year. So maybe you go from, let's say 11% operating margins or low teens to mid teens to high teens next year, which would be, you know, the right direction that we'd want to see, but looking at their gross margins, not their operating Margins, their gross margins. This isn't just a, a you know a one-off event. This isn't just coming off of COVID. You can see over let's say the last decade that their core gross margins have been coming under pressure over time. In the most recent quarter, it was closer to around forty percent. So you can see this is not this has been a structural challenge. Now they've looked for other growth drivers with other services. Once again, I talk about that in my investment letter to Unravel Investing subscribers, but core look under the hood, and you do see some gross margin pressure. Now, as I mentioned earlier, having a relationship with Elliott, even if they're not a controlling shareholder, puts the feet to the fire for management saying, hey, let me think about what their margins could be in thinking about it's not here now. So it's going to require those costs cutting. It's going to require, I'd argue, maybe more of a wartime CEO. So maybe you might need to see a change in management. We'll see Um, where it's effectively saying, yeah, we need to make sure our margins can be where they can be. Uh, And I'm looking at this thinking, if you want to value and think that if you if you're aiming for, let's say, a double, you're going to need to say that their operating margins could be much higher than where they were this quarter and this year, maybe 15 to 20 percent operating margins. 20 percent is closer to a double versus where they are. Right now. And then the question is, well, can they reinvigorate growth at the same time that they're cutting costs? That is a tough situation because currently they're growing at 9%. Now, admittedly, if the economy starts changing a bit and they have less inflationary pressure from effectively people being able to spend more on e-commerce versus, let's say, oil and gas then you might be able to accelerate their growth. So that's not necessarily in their hands, but assuming a range of growth, nine to 15% annualized growth in the years ahead, this is a big question of how this sort of shakes out this year, or excuse me, in the coming years. And then what's the appropriate multiple for this business? I'm assuming around a 20 times earnings multiple five years out. That's not this year. This is assuming five years out, it gets a 20 times earning multiple. And in the high case scenario, Assuming lots of cash flow is returned to shareholders, effectively five percent annual yield returned to shareholders, and management's making it very clear with that fifteen billion dollar announcement, saying, "Hey, we are going to be returning the higher end." So that that does suggest, you know, you over a five year time frame, maybe you are getting that five six percent, maybe annualized cash flow to shareholders. In that scenario, it is possible, assuming this growth, assuming significant significant margin expansion. And assuming, uh, you know, a low 20s earnings multiple and lots of cash flow return to shareholders, then I could see a situation where the stock a little more than doubles over the next five years. If you do not see, let's say, 15% growth and 20% margins over the next five years, or it's at least it's not valued as such, then I think the returns will be a bit tougher. So that is, you know, that's how I'm currently looking at PayPal, I look at PayPal as an exceptional business, but it is kind of going through a turnaround. I mean, that's sure is what it looks like. We're talking about removing a billion dollars worth of costs from their core operating business model. You look at this steadily heading down gross margins. I mean, this is, this is them saying, oh yeah, we're going to change. We're going to turn around our operating margins. So this isn't just a, oh, great compounder, you know, at a compelling vice, I'd say this is actually somewhat of a turnaround story at this point. And will Elliott have to apply more pressure? You know, when I previously was looking at my valuation here, you know, I I assume, let's say a range of 13 to 17%, which gets a much, you know, sort of even worse sort of upside downside. And keep in mind, this is a hypothetical valuation framework. This assumes like, hey, what am I playing for? What, what, this is how, if they execute, if management doesn't execute and the business stays with their current. Margins that's lower than 15%. So that would be lower than this low side. This is assuming good execution and a range of what sentiment could look like. Sentiment could be even worse. Sentiment could be even better for what you know the business could look like. So this is you know it is important to to call that aspect out. There is some some dynamics here, but this is a hypothetical valuation framework. Stock price can go way higher, way lower. But I previously you know at least when I was talking about it with my Unrivaled Investing subscribers, you know I was using a bit of a lower framework. Partly because I was thinking, man, is who's going to keep management in check? So seeing them, you know, management saying, oh, yeah, we're doing this some sort of shared information with Elliot. We're listening to Elliot. We have mutually, you know, we have the same mutual goals of maximizing shareholder value. You know, they're saying, oh, OK, you know, like we're we're, we're we want to keep our jobs. That's really what's what's going on there. And so the odds that they're able to get those higher margins are there, but it's still going to be a tough slog. So I'm I'm gonna take this, you know, one quarter at a time and see how they deliver. You know, are they going to be able to reinvigorate sales? Are they going to be able to turn around their profit margins? Let's see. You know, let's see, let's see how this investment journey plays out. Sometimes you can buy stocks where you're already looking at the turnaround happening. The growth is there, the profit margin expansion is there, but the stock still trades at, you know, a very low multiple. That is a sort of a lower risk situation. That's personally what I would be looking for. And also, you know, looking at this hypothetical valuation framework, I would personally look for better setups, where it's, you know, just much more compelling upside, you know, in this environment, I'm personally preferring situations where it's like, Oh, yeah, on the upside, maybe I'm looking at 300% upside versus saying, Oh, yeah, maybe it could double, you know, if if all this stuff works out. So I'm, I'm not quite pulling the trigger here. If you have a different opinion on PayPal, I'd love to hear it, especially if it's opinion based on saying, Hey, Daniel, I have high conviction that 20% margins are no problem because, and I'd love to read that comment in the description or why 15% growth over time over the next five years, which is way faster than their current growing, currently growing will be achieved. So I definitely want to hear feedback, especially if you think I'm wrong or you're mega PayPal bull. So I, I have looked at this one quarter of time saying, Hey, you know, I, I would like to buy this company. It, It has, it meets a lot of the check marks of what I want to buy. The low capital intensity, you know, high return on investment capital, this potential for you know long-term growth, capital being returned to shareholders, huge buybacks. I mean, a lot of these things that I like to see, but there are some sort of secular or structural challenges that they clearly are facing. And I want to sort of see how that plays out. And I'd rather have that as a tailwind than a headwind when I personally consider buying it. If you enjoyed this video, please make a point of hitting that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, And thank you so much for watching Unrivaled Investing.